Ramios decided to step away from this very controversial business. Uh, we have some indications that they have decided to do so already uh, uh, several months ago, uh, as early as in August. The Electronic Intifada. The Electronic Intifada. The Electronic Intifada. This is the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman. And I'm Asa Winstanley. Welcome back to the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman. On May 31st, the General Mills Food Corporation announced it had sold its joint venture in Israel to a private Israeli company named Bodan Holdings. This comes after a two-year movement organized and led by the American Friends Service Committee, which called on General Mills to stop making Pillsbury products on stolen Palestinian land through uh, their no-doe for occupation campaign. The campaign was endorsed by members of the Pillsbury family and included the Palestinian Boycott National Committee, Jewish Voice for Peace, American Muslims for Palestine, Some of Us, Women Against Military Madness, and other local groups. AFSC says, quote, this campaign targeted General Mills because it manufactured Pillsbury products in the Atarot Industrial Zone, an illegal Israeli settlement in the occupied West Bank. In 2020, the United Nations included General Mills in its database of companies doing business in illegal Israeli settlements in the occupied Palestinian territory. The company's announcements indicate that following this divestment, General Mills does not source products from the settlement factory. The company makes no reference to the boycott campaign, of course, but rather it announced that uh, this, that this divestment, quote, represents another step in General Mills's Accelerate strategy, which is centered on strategic choices about where to prioritize our resources to drive superior returns. Very corporate jargon there. Um, the divestiture they continue follows our, our earlier announcement of the proposed sale of our European dough business. AFSC says that, quote, it is unclear whether following this divestment, the, the factory would continue making Pillsbury products under a license agreement with General Mills. Joining us to talk about all of this is Dove Baum, director of the AFSC's Economic Activism Program. Dove, it's so good to have you back with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. Thank you so much, Nora. So let's talk about the announcement that General Mills is pulling out of Israel. Um, why is this a significant, significant victory for the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement? Well, you know, we've been at it for a long time, and it's been a, a quite a, a momentous event when a few years ago the UN uh, uh, Office of the uh, High Commissioner on Human Rights has published a list of companies that are complicit in settlement business, specifically because settlements are illegal by international law. And on that list, there were just a handful of US-based companies and General Mills was one of them. So uh, when we looked at that list, we were like, General Mills, that's a household name. We all you know, procure their brands and it's a US-based company. We are a US-based organization. Uh, we are also invested in General Mills as an organization, we found out. So we thought this would be a great target for an educational campaign, trying to get the company to align itself with international law and human rights. So we actually wrote to the company that was two years ago, trying to educate them about all that. And when we didn't get any significant response, we launched a campaign and we started this coalition. Um, 
I think this is uh, very significant at this time because it has been a while. I think our movement has been kind of thirsty for success because things are so bad and getting worse on the ground. And um, we had the announcement by Ben and Jerry's that they will stop selling in settlements. And there was such a backlash on Ben and Jerry's uh, on, on legal and, and legislative levels. And it felt like there is this great company that comes out with a moral political statement that seems so, you know, easy, so simple. And uh, they pay such a high price for it that maybe other companies will not follow suit. That was our fear because it does have a, a, a huge impact on other companies looking at, at that uh, backlash. And I think this is why the backlash is there. So here is an, another example. You know, General Mills decided to step away from this very controversial business. Uh, we have some indications that they have decided to do so already uh, uh, several months ago, uh, as early as in August. Um, and they were probably, I'm just guessing, looking for a way to do that without suffering all the consequences that uh, Ben and Jerry's suffers. And I think they're very clever. I mean, on a corporate side, um, this is a business decision. Uh, sourcing Pillsbury products from a factory on occupied land is a huge controversy risk for the company. Uh, having your name appear on a, on a list published by the UN as a company that breaks human rights law, that is a controversy risk and potentially also maybe a legal risk. So I think they're very smart to pull out of these operations. And I think they've been really smart in portraying it as a purely business decision. We have some indications that um, the corporate media uh, department has reached out specifically to Jewish publications, Zionist publications, right-wing publications, trying to appease them and to control the message. Um, we see that in some of these uh, publications as a quote from the company saying, oh, this is not a boycott. And um, <laughs> I, I think that was very cleverly done. Another thing that they have done, which was very clever, is, is their original statement is, is, a little, is a little confusing. I think it managed to confuse us. They said they were selling their stake in the joint venture in Israel, the company called General Mills Israel. So in a way they are divesting from Israel. They didn't mention the factory, uh, the factory in Atarot Industrial Zone uh, in the occupied uh, part of uh, East Jerusalem, that factory uh, is not and has never been owned by the company. So selling off their Israeli venture did not necessarily mean selling off or cutting their ties to that factory. They just, this factory was the factory that manufactured Pillsbury products uh, for the marketing in Israel of Pillsbury products, mostly frozen dough products. So what does it mean that they sold their Israeli subsidiary? You know, it's great. Thank you very much for doing that. But does it mean that you will stop uh, producing Pillsbury products on occupied land? We don't know. They didn't say any word about that. And this is why our original press release um, stated that we're not sure what's going to happen. Right. Uh, uh, I've written to the company asking them to clarify. But looking at their statements since then, uh, the statements say things like, 
we will continue selling in Israel our other brands, hmm. other brands meaning not Pillsbury, yes? Their other brands are in Israel are uh, Nature Valley, you know, the uh, energy bars and, you know, granola bars. They're very and, crumbly, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> messy, exactly. yeah. They're also very sweet. And, yeah. um, and uh, Haagen-Dazs ice cream, which is in itself hmm. kind of a fabulous story because imagine if it really was more clear that this is, in response to a BDS campaign, then what? What what kind of ice cream will Israeli eat? Right. <laughs> no, <Hagen-Dazs>, no, <laughs> no and yeah, <laughs> it will leave them a few options, but not many. Um, but uh, really, these are their other brands. Meaning, Pillsbury is not going to be sold anymore there. That's what I understand from their statements. Another statement that can uh, give you a hint about that is a statement from the CEO of. General Mills Israel, the Israeli company that was just now sold to its uh, minority shareholder. And he was quoted in the Israeli press saying that this is part of a bigger divestiture of General Mills from the dough business outside of the US. In other words, they're not going to continue selling frozen dough products uh, in Israel. So the frozen dough products made in the occupied waste bag will not be marketed by the company anymore. But this is just trying to read between the lines. That's why I'm saying this is very clever messaging. What I understand from all of this is that they were looking for a good way out and they found it. I congratulate them. I'm very, very happy that they have aligned with international law uh, in this way. you know, I'm also happy that they are showing the way to other companies, the way it can be done cleverly and still uh, avoiding the wrath of anti-BDS legislation and uh, Zionist uh, hate groups. Wow. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that. I mean, you mentioned Haagen-Dazs um, and Nature Valley. Um, do you think there's a possibility that now we can take that, you know, the, the the boycott Pillsbury campaign and kind of pivot to those other brands that General Mills still owns and um, sells in, you know, in occupied Palestine. Yeah, great question. So uh, I'm waiting for the response of the company and the clarifications about their connections with the factory in Atarot, because that was the cause of our campaign and that was what the call for boycott was based on. If indeed uh, we are convinced that they are cutting all ties to that factory, this campaign is over. This campaign is over, our call for boycott will be withdrawn. People can do whatever they want with the company statement and their politics and if they like them or not, I know they make your own decision about it. They obviously didn't take a moral stance here, so we're not going to endorse them. Um, And then we go on to the next campaign. And uh, just recently, uh, a few months ago, the FSC has taken, I think, a breakthrough stance on our own investments. And we have changed our investment policy statement to clearly call for divestment from apartheid in Palestine, uh, Israel. So uh, the burden is on us to understand what that means. What does it mean to divest from apartheid when it comes to Israel, Palestine? It goes well beyond 
the, the very legalistic framework that we have used in campaigns such as you know, the illegality of settlements, which is uh, uh, endorsed by the UN and so on. So what would be a good teaching moment for us when we pick the next campaign? What do we ask companies to do? So it would be great if we reached a South Africa moment with Israel and we demanded that companies doing business in Israel would uh, oppose apartheid in all their operations. Um, what would that mean? What would that look like? It's a question. But I think there are some obvious candidates and some obvious asks we can already make. Uh, asking companies not to work with the Israeli military at all, asking companies not to participate in discriminatory practices and structures inside Israel, um, uh, looking at the dispossession of people and, and uh, taking away people's land and resources uh, all around the country, not just in the occupied territories, but also inside 48. All of that goes without saying. So. I think this will be our next uh, uh, campaign. I want to get um, back uh, to, you know, kind of the, like, not to get too much in the weeds, but, um, you know, other companies, including Ben and Jerry's, but also Orange, the French-owned telecommunications corporation, um, when, you know, they were faced with these uh, pressure campaigns from human rights activists uh, to boycott um, from Israeli apartheid, um, they did, and then they also canceled their license agreements with Israeli licensees. Um, it's not clear that this is what General Mills will do, as I mentioned in the intro. Is, is, is this, uh, could this be a way that General Mills or other companies that do this uh, is able to circumvent the pressure to completely divest? Um, what, what could happen if General Mills decides to keep its license agreements um, and, you know, kind of back away, but still, you know, somewhat profit off of this. So, so first a clarification, what we think is going on right now, and as I said, it's not totally clear, we're waiting for uh, affirmation, is that the company will stop sourcing from the Pillsbury plant on occupied land. So they will cut their ties to the settlement factory. Uh, and they clearly announced that they will keep selling in Israel their other brands that's Nature Valley and haagen -Dazs. So they are not cutting their sales in Israel. It's just that they will not have their own subsidiary marketing their products in Israel. They will do that with a marketing agent or some other company uh, as other companies do, as most companies do. You know, The um, international market is very centralized and almost all Western brands are sold in Israel through something. So it's not just General Mills. Yes, it's almost everybody. Um, but what you're describing is actually a fascinating phenomena that is, uh, uh, I think, beneficial to our cause, which is when we target companies, and this has been going on for at least 10 years, when we target companies and ask them to cut their ties to the settlements, just to the settlements, and to remind you that the settlements are not a big economic entity. They're, they're uh, they don't produce much, they don't uh, consume much, you know, Ben and Jerry's announced that they will stop selling in the settlements. It's not, it's not a big market, it's a small market. But when companies are faced with this legal dilemma, because settlements are illegal and they are under a military occupation, you know, just like parts of the Ukraine are, yes, today, 
So if you have a stance on the Ukraine, why not use it in Palestine? If they want to stop selling in settlements or stop producing in settlements, they face a tremendous uh, dilemma. And that is that settlements have become so mainstream in Israel and so legally cushioned and protected by uh, the Israeli uh, political leadership that any such act that distinguishes between Israel and the settlements is penalized almost immediately on all sorts of levels in Israel and outside of Israel. So in fact, it is easier for these companies to step away from the Israeli market altogether than it is for them to just step away from the settlements. And this is striking because this is one of the results of anti-BDS legislation and a lobbying group of settler uh, leadership. That's the result of their fear of a settlement boycott. The result is that whenever you distinguish between Israel and settlements, you get penalized. In fact, so much so that I remember Danny Danone, who was the Israeli uh, ambassador to the UN, once said that the biggest BDS activist in the world is the UN High Commissioner on Human Rights. Because of that list of companies that... Wow. Uh, so th that's, that's what they are fighting, that idea of boycotting settlements. So we see how companies, and you, Orange is an, is an example. In the past, we had Dexia Bank from Belgium. Right. We had other examples of Veolia, companies. Veolia, yeah. Yeah, Veolia, that decided to step away from Israeli business altogether. The Israeli business is also, you know, it's also a small market. Uh, instead of dealing with the internal politics of just stepping away from the settlements and also from the supply chains and distribution chains in Israel that are also well um, uh, coordinated with the settlements. Yeah. So we didn't ask General Mills to sell off its Israeli subsidiary, but they did. So I congratulate them for that. <laughs> and we're still waiting on whether the, the licensing agreement will, will maintain. Uh, as I said, there is going to be licensing because they are going to continue selling their other brands. But right. the fact is, if they're not going to continue selling Pillsbury in Israel, right. that's a clear indication that they're cutting their ties to the Atarot factory, which is, that was the ask of the campaign. This is right. what the campaign asked for. It doesn't mean that the factory will close or stop producing such products or similar products. They have produced different products before their uh, agreement with Pillsbury. Um, it might be that they will continue selling the exact same products under another brand name. But uh, yeah. for General Mills, this is a step forward. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that clarification. Um, members of the Pillsbury family also joined the campaign to, to call on General Mills to, to boycott Israel. What impact did this have, if you can gauge it, um, on General Mills itself, um, you know, if the Pillsbury family hadn't been involved, um, you know, might it have, I mean, that's speculative, but like, yeah. you know, would the impact have, have been this, this big? Um, and, you know, maybe give us a sense of the scope of this campaign over the last two years and, and what it can teach us about launching similar campaigns against other companies that profit from Israeli apartheid. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is a lot of what I do in my day job, you know, trying to encourage people to take on big corporations. And that is because 
surprisingly, big corporations are very, very risk averse. <laughs> That's a polite way of putting it. They really cannot yeah. handle controversy very well. Yeah. And with Israel-Palestine, we have a huge controversy and a small market. So weighing the cost and the benefits, I think any large corporation that tries to sell to, you know, to everyday people, household items or food items like general meals, they would decide to withdraw. The only question for them would be how to do that without creating more controversy for themselves. Mm -hmm. So we see time and again, uh, all we need to do is to, is to expose the company's complicity and to hope that the company will understand that this is not going away because this controversy is not going away. Uh, in the case of General Mills, we were so fortunate to have uh, Charles Pillsbury and some of his other family members uh, join us in such a conscientious way and go public in an op-ed in the local Star Tribune in, in the Minneapolis and just come out and call for a boycott of Pillsbury products coming from <laughs> the heirs to the Pillsbury name. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was uh, a beautiful act on their part. And uh, I think it helped drive the message that this is not going away. And this is um, not something that a company like General Mills wanted to be associated with in its brands. Uh, what we did in the campaign, there were lots of different actions. Um, some of them were just tickets outside of grocery stores that were very fun, uh, you know, wearing the costume of the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> um, if people want to follow on Twitter, Woke Doughboy, this is a good account to follow on Twitter because- and Second that, uh, yeah. <laughs> This is, this, is, this is just the doughboy realizing what's happening in Palestine and, and coming to his senses and asking General Mills to help him out of that bind. So I'm curious to see what woke doughboy will say next. Yeah, on same. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had, um, had 120,000 strong petition to the company. Uh, we have a letter to the CEO that has been running and, uh, and, and a few thousand letters that were sent over the last uh, few months. Uh, we had a coalition of faith investors who contacted the company as well and wrote to the company with their concerns about its complicity in, um, in conflict zones in general and, and occupied areas in particular. Um, there, was, there were local groups, there was a local coalition of groups around uh, uh, the area where uh, General Mills is uh, headquartered that were kind of creating all these creative protests outside the shareholder meetings every year. Um, you know, oh, there was a bake-off, American Muslims for Palestine announced a bake-off, you know, to, uh, to, to, to tell people about the fact that they can actually bake without Pillsbury products and let's give prizes to the best, I don't know, pie <laughs> that is baked without Pillsbury. So that was fun, you know. Um, we are mostly in COVID times, so social media campaigns are what people were looking for. So I think the Bake Off was, was one of the good examples. Um, the main thing is, um, I think, I, I don't know what influenced the company most. I know that it has been a while since they've decided to do this. And I know that they did care about the UN list because 
this is not going away. Um, another reason why I think they cared about the UN list is because uh, the list that the UN published is very partial and it's not a very great list. I think we publish better lists on our own website, investigate.info, check it mm -hmm. out. Um, but they did publish the list of companies that they have corresponded with. So we know that they have responded to the UN and had some correspondence with the UN, otherwise the UN has not, would not have published their name. And they felt the need to respond to these allegations and their response was always, oh, we're doing something good for the people on the ground, we're providing jobs. And the more and more you answer these um, company claims with the facts about what does it mean to actually employ people under occupation? What does it mean to employ people in a, in a settlement industrial zone where people have no freedom of movement and definitely not freedom of employment? And what does it mean to your own workers or to the workers of the plants that you, know, you source from? It was clear that this is a general human rights issue that has to do with their supply chain management, has to do with labor rights all across their supply chain that connects to other issues that General Mills tries to present themselves as you know, uh, progressive on and that this was not going away because there's no way they can solve it as a company uh, headquartered in the US. The only way they can solve it is by stepping away from it, from themselves, for themselves, sorry. Dov, if um, you mentioned investigate.info, um, can you give us a couple more social media uh, handles where people can go to learn more about the Pillsbury campaign and AFSC? Yeah, so the easy one is our campaign website, uh, boycottpillsbury.org. This is where we put all the updates. And once we learn more about what the company does or doesn't do, we will definitely uh, update that web website, boycottpillsbury.org. Um, as I said, we might withdraw the call for boycott once we know exactly where the company stands on its uh, settlement production. And handles, walk the boy. I don't know who that person is, but hey, <laughs> hilarious. You uh, can also follow investigate tool at investigate tool. That's our Twitter handle for investigate. And, um, you know, follow electronic intifada. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that plug. And we'll have all the links um, to all the things on the podcast post that accompanies this episode. Dove Baum, you are the Economic Activism Director at the American Friends Service Committee, AFSC. Thank you as always for your work and for being with us again on the Electronic Intifada podcast. Thank you so much. Mom. Thanks for watching this video. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit like, leave a comment, these engagements help us with the YouTube algorithm and it helps us to get around Silicon Valley censorship as much as possible. It does make a difference. You can also support our journalism by going to electronicintifada.net and clicking on donate now. Thank you.